0: Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. I'm Andy Davis, and in this podcast, I will interview the people working in the data center sector and tell their stories. If you are working in the DC sector or you are looking to work in the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. Today, I'm joined by Carrie Getz, author of the book, Jumpstart Your Career in Data Centers. Good morning, Carrie, for
1: you. Good morning, or good afternoon for you. It is indeed yeah. early
0: afternoon, obviously. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Really looking forward to discussing your book that you've just released. And obviously we'll touch on your career as well. Um, But hopefully we can get a a good bit of exposure for the book. Uh, It's definitely well worth reading for everyone listening. So fingers crossed, we can uh, get you a few more, uh, get a few more of these books out in the world of data centers and beyond. Before we start and go into detail on the book, um, where I always like to start is back at the beginning, really. So, you know, how did you first start your career and how did you end up in this wonderful world of data centers?
1: Yeah, I'm like everybody else my age. I totally fell in it. (laughs) I started out in architecture and I was teaching um, computer-aided engineering in college. And I started writing code and writing code for AutoCAD and then That led to there was a project where they wanted to tie a bunch of the campuses together and that required networking. And at the time, nobody knew what it was. And so I was one of those. that was not scared that the computer would chew my arm off up to the elbow. And so they asked if I'd take it on. And I did and started in networking. And then uh, through consulting, I ended up running a bunch of IT departments and uh, but was a consultant predominantly for most of most of my career. And then, you know, the data center industry, I started running data centers and then it just kind of from there I, I ended up just kind of staying in that world for for quite some time.
0: Yeah, and I know you've been in the sector for, you know, quite a number of years. And obviously it's Hot been it <laughs> And I always say to people, it's like it's such a transformative sector that, you know, the changes are so rapid. So I just wondered from your perspective, what have been the biggest changes you've seen over your career?
1: Um, You know, it's crazy how cyclical this industry is. The stuff that you really expected to, um, you know, to go away and stay gone, all of a sudden comes back in a different form, right? Look at cloud. That's pretty much a mainframe environment with a GUI interface, but out to the masses. So I would say that to me, the biggest changes are everything old is new again, and I would say probably the other changes revolve around sustainability and what we're doing as far as power goes, because for a long time in this industry, you know, power was simply just a necessary evil. And now, you know, that it became a budget item, right, because it was so expensive. And now because we're trying to be better stewards of our environment, we're paying better attention to it, you know, in a lot of reasons. But I would say just um, the growth is pretty crazy, too.
0: Yeah, it is. And that obviously brings us on nicely to the book because, you know, the growth has created this talent problem and this sudden need for a lot more people to join us in the sector and hopefully like both of us, people that don't fall into it and actually choose it as a career. So obviously want really looking forward to learning more about the book and why it came about, how it came about. But to start with, I was interested to know when the idea actually came about. When did you think we need a book and that you were the person to write it?
1: Well, I don't know that I was necessarily a person to write it, but somebody had to do it right. So, uh, you know, th- the need's been coming. I have been a huge champion for women in the data center for a very long time and women in STEM careers as a whole. Also, same thing with returning military personnel. I think they absolutely deserve a job and so much of their skills are completely transferable. And same thing with the trades. You know, we've gotten to where we don't value the trades. And honestly, without the trades, none of us would have a job because nothing could get built. So we're really backwards on that one, I think. You know, certainly we have some careers that require a college education, but none of us had a college education that are in this industry at my age, in this industry, because the curriculum didn't exist. And to be fair, today, most of it doesn't exist. And so when you go out and you start talking to people about, you know, a career in the data centers, nobody knows what it is and nobody knows what the industry is. They know tech is whatever they consume on their device, but they don't realize what makes that work. And so I just thought, you know, we have this really critical talent shortage to start with and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. In the next three years, a third of this entire industry is, is intended to gray out. Uh, Now, you know, whether we all completely gray out or um, partially gray out, semi gray out, I guess it's going to depend on how many more people we get into the industry, but this industry has the unique, capability of being the most diverse of any industry out there. Because we, you know, starting from site selection through construction, the build, all the operations, all of the kit inside, all of those things, we can embrace every level of talent, every level of education, and pretty much anybody that just really wants to get out and work. And a lot of these jobs are remote. They're they're very good jobs for uh, you know, for mothers and for military spouses that might have to move, you know, with their partner's career and and those kind of things. So, you know, the trick for me and and when I just sort of had this moment is, you know, you go out and talk to all these schools and everything, and and people don't know. And I started mentoring some capstone projects for some of the engineering students that that were trying to get in the industry. But that's just such a tiny little piece. And then these coding academies are great, but coding is also such a tiny little piece of this industry. And throughout the work with women in the industry before COVID, the attrition rate was 67% for women leaving the industry, not their job, the whole entire industry. And I thought, well, how much better would that be if these people were armed and understood all of the other job and career opportunities that were out there? And the way to get them to do that is to write something that's pretty simple that is a good explainer that kind of sparks some interest lights some fires you know i don't have all the solutions in the book but i I was pretty candid to talk about problems that we have in the industry because who knows who's going to be the next brilliant mind that's going to solve some of these problems right but people have to know about the industry so that's why that's why i did it
0: it, it's great to hear you say that as well because it's similar to why i started the podcast it was around that not enough people know about the industry there's not enough um, sharing of people within the sector you know how they how they develop their career in the industry because like you say a lot of people don't come from a technical background don't have the best education but they've still been highly successful and if we don't show that to people you know, they're not going to think they can follow in in their footsteps and and i guess another point that you've made is that i always raise as well is that The sector consists of like engineering, construction, IT. There's so many different angles in the industry, and a lot of people are just not aware of that.
1: Yeah, there's about 200 jobs, I think, listed in the back roughly. So, you know, the goals behind the book were pretty easy. One, I wanted to expose all the jobs, what the job titles were, so if people even decided to go look for the jobs, they'd have an idea what they are. And then I wanted to give a simple but reasonable expectation in a book that people could digest over the weekend. That was a big goal. Keeping this under 200 pages was probably the hardest part about writing this book, no kidding. But I wanted it, you know, think about that as a young person about to go on a job interview or thinking of starting a new career. How much better would your experience be as a young man, a young woman or anybody starting if you had some clue what the industry looked like and you could participate in those conversations at the table I think a lot of times, because women are still a huge minority in this industry, and same thing with trades, a lot of these voices are stymied and stifled, not necessarily through action, because we certainly try to embrace diversity, but because people don't know enough to participate in the conversations. So I thought, you know, if you could just do something, give people just that kickstart, that jumpstart that basic level of understanding of some of the unique problems, how the whole ecosystem works together, how it all fits, how much better would they be able to participate in their career? So that honestly was the intent. You know, I know there's a lot of people in the industry that are buying this book that are probably like, wow, this is some rando basic stuff. But that's exactly what it was intended to be, right? I wanted to spark that interest, but I wanted to make sure it was easy to digest and people didn't hopefully get bored, (laughs) knock on wood right off the bat
0: uh, but that's another great point though isn't it because the sector does make it over complicated to the outside eyes you know when people come into the industry and I obviously talk to a lot of people that start in the sector or are looking to work in the sector they do find it quite complicated quite confusing there's a lot of acronyms there's a lot of buzzwords and something like that needs to be explained in simple terms because people like me or, who are not technical don't always understand what those acronyms mean and how that transfers into the sector. So it's 100% a need for exactly what you've done.
1: Yeah, you know, I started looking out there to see what existed because I was going to sponsor some books if there were some to take to this STEM event that I was going to. And there's an 800-page textbook that was co-written by 59 industry experts. Who the heck is going to read that to figure out if you want that job? Now, good on them, right? That's a great textbook something moving forward to be able to have that learning capacity. But, you know, a lot of these, a lot of people in this industry started with certifications. And these companies that will hire somebody that has a four-year degree over somebody with four years of experience just because they have that degree, even if it's completely unrelated, those are people coming into this industry that are completely unprepared for this industry. So how great would it be to have this as a training tool, you know, when you're onboarding people? Hey, look, here's our industry. Go read this, you know. Take your first week and, and try to d- decipher some of these things. And, and this is where we fit in the grand scheme of things. And then when somebody, you know, take somebody in sales, for instance, they go sit down with a customer and, you you know, you know how it is in this industry. These conversations tend to take a, you know, veer off the path a little bit when other topics come up and nobody wants to sit there and feel like the dumbest person in the room because they don't understand what these other topics are. So I, I hope, you know, to that end that it does what I intended it to do.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And I Obviously, as I said to you earlier, you know, my copy arrived yesterday and I've already said to the someone that I onboarded in our company this week that I was like, you'll be reading this <laughs> next week. So uh, get, be prepared. And, and I think that's, that's where I see it fitting in. I think you've got that entry level, you know, the school, the you know, education, the people that are in education looking for their careers. But you've also got all those people that I talk to and that I'm sure you come across that want to get into the sector and just want a bit of knowledge. And I think it's absolutely perfect for those people to just get a, basic foundation and understanding of the sector to, I guess, reinforce their decision that it is a career they want to go into.
1: Sure. And I mean, these careers are not going away. They were COVID proof. They've definitely been recession proof. You know, people are working through supply chain issues. I think we're going to see some changes now because of the supply chain issues and maybe some non-traditional data center spaces are going to become data centers. But, But all of those, you know, you think about all of the trades, Every one of those. I mean, even diesel mechanics have a position in this industry. Right. And but you can't get a job in an industry you have no exposure to or you don't know. So ideally, you know, coding academies, scout troops that have tech badges, um, trade schools, union shops, data center companies, onboarding new employees. All of those are perfect candidates for the book. And when people do data center tours for students, hand the book out, let everybody know how the thing operates. You know, it's one thing to walk through there, but it's another thing to really understand, you know, what you're looking at and how it works or hand them out a week before the tour. So people can ask better questions. You know, that's another good thing. But, you know, I I feel bad because when you take students through a tour in a data center, all the trades that have worked so hard get. They miss the wow factor, right? They get done with their job and they feel good that it's all been in and it's pretty and it's kind and it looks nice and all these. But what they miss is when somebody walks into a data center, it's their very first one, and they miss just seeing that holy cow look on their face. And, I, you know, so I feel bad. But I, I do think that everybody needs that exposure. I really try to be as inclusive as possible. Because if we don't do something, we have massive problems in this industry. So, uh, you know, we have an open call coming up for people coming out of the military. We've matched some hiring resources for some companies and some people that have transitioned that are already in positions. We have an open Eventbrite call that's coming up. Anybody's welcome to join that. Ask questions. How did your transition go? What's it like in the industry? What branch division were you in? What did you do? You know, all of those things to provide those resources and support. And then also with the book, we have two and a half years of podcasts um, that are careers for women, trades and vets in tech. How handy is that? With scholarship resources. So there's two years of that. And then we also have a group that we've set up on LinkedIn for networking. That's a lot of veterans in the industry. So new people coming into the industry can join that and network and ask questions. So we've tried to make this an entire environment, not just a book, if that makes sense, so that, you know, people can feel that connection because it's really hard to be the odd man out. And if you're the, you know, you're the token, whatever somebody hired, you know, you're the one woman because we need to build our diversity. You're, you know, the one veteran because we're working on veterans. You don't want to be the odd man out. So we tried to make an atmosphere outside of that corporate environment for people to be able to continue in this industry and not leave it.
0: Yeah. And it it makes perfect sense. And I've obviously, you know, I've had people like Tony Grayson and Alan Roach and and the like on the pod who are doing obviously a lot of that great work with the veterans piece as well. And I think what you guys do over in the States for the veterans is absolutely amazing in the data center sector. And I wish more countries were doing similar work to be totally honest, but hopefully yeah, there's
1: there's actually a really good veterans program over there in the UK through salute. And and it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger all over the globe. So
0: uh, definitely. And one thing I wanted to touch on sort of sort on the book is really, obviously, you would have put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this and you know, done a lot of reading. I so just wondered what you learned from writing the book.
1: Um, yeah, how to be very concise would be a good one. That whole 200 pages was was kind of tricky. But, you know, I, honestly, I have been really blessed and that I've got about four million miles under my belt doing projects all over the globe. And so a lot of it for me was just passing on knowledge that I've gained over the last 40 years in this industry or 40 plus in the industry, uh, because, you know, people have been kind enough to share and talk. And I think this industry doesn't get enough recognition for the good that we try to do and how much we do try to support each other and pass ideas around and do things better. So for me, I I guess the learning experience was trying to finite the industry but still maintain the entire ecosystem as part of the volume of work. And so, you know, I had to say, well, look, you know, we're not really covering coding, but this is where you fit in the ecosystem if you're a coder. So there's a few things, you know, I didn't go heavy into networking, um, but I did explain how networks work. So for somebody that just kind of wants an idea of how that happens, so you can skip around in the book and do what you want. But I, and and there are international standards in there. There's I tried to make it so it's applicable. All the way across the globe not just in the. so it's not a u.s book and, and i did learn that when i was traveling people don't like that so <laughs> we tried to take the other standards into account as well
0: i uh, yeah, gotta try and please everyone haven't you when you're doing these things but as i say i think you know, you've done an amazing job and if ever listening, it is under 200 pages so you achieved exactly what you what you set out to do and Finally, on the book, and you've you've touched on this a few times, but what what do you want it to achieve? You know, obviously, in in a couple of years, and you look back, what do you hope that this book has has achieved in the sector?
1: I really hope that this book kind of becomes the standard in all these college programs where people are learning about trades and, and skills, and just that introduction is there so that five years from now we don't have a 30 percent deficit in our talent pipeline and you know the, the only way companies are really getting talent now is poaching other people's talent or trying to grow their own so i hope this just provides that boost and that start to get people thinking along that pathway and that it is a stepping stone to greater and bigger things
0: and you know, as i said to you earlier as well like hats off to you for doing it because it's uh... I can understand how much work would have gone into this. And I just couldn't agree more about the need for it in the sector. As I say, you know, it's, it's why I do what I do as well. So fingers crossed, it will have the impact that, that you're looking for.
1: Well, thank you for helping get the word out. So hopefully it will.
0: So pleasure. Yeah, everyone listening, please buy a copy. Um, on, I wanted to touch on diversity quickly as well before we kind of finish up. Excuse me, because like you say, you know, I know you're a massive advocate on on diversity and, and females and veterans, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a big question. But what do you think the sector needs to do to really sort of make it a more diverse
1: sector? So first off, we have to have a more diverse employment force, right? All of the consumers of tech are literally everybody on the planet. From people just barely learning technology to people that are whizzes at technology. But diversity is way more. Unfortunately, you know, in the press, I think diversity gets a lot of push along racial lines, but there's a lot more. There's young to old. There's differently educated. There's different life experiences. And I think not only do we have to embrace that diversity because our consumers are that diverse, but we also have to be welcoming and we have to be very careful with group speak and group think. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of talk around censorship for some of the social media platforms. And I think every parent on the planet would agree that social media is a place where people have free reign to be cruel. And I think as we bring more women into the workforce and more women into our companies and more diverse people, you'll start seeing more about the impacts of that cruelty and I think that we can make a kinder place for everybody to live and learn. And so for me, I think diversity is not a wanna, it's a have to. Because, you know, look around the globe, look how many people have a cell phone that don't believe like you, don't look like you, don't act like you, that did, weren't brought up like you. And that really is everybody. And this industry is unique in that it can technically touch every single human being on the planet. And we can either choose to do so kindly or we can do choose to do so unkindly. And I think we got to bring kindness back. We really do. I mean, You know, it's it's impacting our young people. It's impacting mental health. So we just have to make it a better place.
0: Very well said and couldn't agree more. And I think I always say on the, the diversity piece, you know, we should be doing it because it's the right thing to do, not because it's something we're we're seen to need measured to be. on
1: yeah for sure
0: exactly well a couple of final questions before we finish up um been great talking to you as i say you know love, love love learning more about the book and can't wait to work my way through it myself so i'll come back to you once i've had a chance to uh, to read it um the sector is obviously changing massively at the moment literally every week seems to be something happening so i'm just asking everyone at the moment if you've got any predictions for the sector over the next 12 months anything you think will have quite a big impact on the on the data center industry?
1: Oh, I think that we're going to see a lot of these big corporate office buildings start turning into individual data centers, um, because part of the infrastructure is there, the power is already carried out. And if companies do choose this remain remote work, there's going to be a whole lot of office space that people can't afford to just let disintegrate. So I think we're going to see data centers in places we didn't see before. I also think that edge data centers are going to start picking up much more because it's easier to be sustainable in that small footprint than it is for you know 200 megawatts because of the land required and all that kind of good stuff. And, and because of autonomous vehicles, I think we're going to see a lot of that distributed computing come into play. Um, so those would probably be the biggest ones. And I do think that if we don't solve this critical talent shortage, that this is going to be a very, very difficult industry to sustain um, over time just because there's only so much you can do with AI and machine learning and that kind of stuff to pick up where humans don't. But there is the amount and flow of data. I mean, look how upset people get if their emote goes down for an hour, right? What are we going to do if this industry goes down for a day because we don't have the people in the right spot? People are going to lose it. So, you know. I think that we're going to have to start making bigger strides. I think we're going to see a lot more apprenticeship programs, a lot more internship programs, and a lot more companies trying to grow their own talent outside of the university system because universities' curriculum is very slow. (laughs) And, you know, in a lot of cases, by the time somebody gets a degree, the knowledge is already obsolete. So um, I do think we're going to see a shift. I think we're going to see a lot of companies getting away from that degree requirement. Um, and opting for experience, which we should be doing anyway. And you know everybody learns differently. It, it was a hundred years ago people were cutting people open based on copying pictures book to book in the country without a university. So what is in our sector that is that difficult? I mean granted, there's some engineering jobs and architects that need that stamp, but probably 85% of our jobs can absolutely be taught. And I think yes. we're going to see a lot more of that grassroots teaching.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I recorded a podcast um, yesterday or a couple of days ago about internships as well. And one of the key points that we, we brought out of that was the, the need for more organisations to offer entry level positions, because what you see is everybody searching for that experience and rarely do you actually see entry level, you know, like a, a trainee project manager, or a trainee architect, trainee construction manager, trainee engineer. It's always a senior project manager, a senior construction manager. And Unless we create those opportunities, there's nowhere for these entry level people to actually go into the sector.
1: Well, and that's another tricky bit too. Once those internships are out there, how do you find out about them? Because 85% of jobs are still filled through networking. They're not filled through job boards and people looking online. And so I think that's something else that's going to have to change is that we've got to get rid of these keywords that are automatically knocking people out. That could potentially be really great candidates. They just don't have the right keyword. So, you know, I think we're going to see some shift in how we onboard people in this industry, too.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And we'll have to talk about that again another day. But on a final question before we close up. If you could give one piece of advice to anyone looking to start a career in the data center sector, what would it be?
1: Uh, Well, by the book, (laughs) I had to say that, right? Shameless plug. Horrible. Uh, No, I think the biggest thing anybody starting out in this industry can do is find somebody else in the industry that you get along with. So that you've got that camaraderie and you have that team and you've got a sounding board and you've got somebody that can help guide you through careers. So many. uh, There's so many people. I've mentored a lot of people myself. There's a lot of people that are willing to do that. You just have to ask, know what you want out of the relationship and, and you know, be an active participant, but don't let yourself be a lone wolf because I think those are the people that we lose are the ones that just don't feel like they have that support system. So reach out, you know, hit that LinkedIn group, listen to some podcasts, reach out to people across some of these industry associations that are listed and, you know, get that, get that pool of companionship built up that'll help carry you through the hard times.
0: Yeah, it's great advice and it's advice that a lot of people give. And like I always say, I think what I love about the sector is that there's so many people like yourself and, and others that want people to reach out to them and, and are more than happy to spend their time helping people develop a career because we all understand how important it is for new people to come into the sector. So on that, I'm sure you're happy if anyone's got any questions about anything and especially the book. To oh, reach absolutely, out absolutely. Yes,
1: please do. Please do.
0: We'll share your details when we when we release the episode. We'll also, also share where the book is and how you can buy it.
1: Yeah, and and one other thing too, as you buy these books, please understand that a portion of the proceeds feed scholarships and internships and apprenticeships. We're working through Nomad Futurist right now for a chunk to bring some uh some of these jobs and help heal the digital divide for the for the first charity. So keep in mind, you know, our our Hashtag is give one, teach one, fund one. And so hopefully, you know, people do that and take the book in the spirit that it was meant and hopefully it does some good. I'm
0: sure it will. And as I say, you know, thank you from my perspective for doing it, because I think it takes people like yourself to actually do things like this for it to, to happen, because a lot of us talk about it and don't act. So well done for for actually spending the time. And I'm sure it was a lot of time to write the book. It was. <laughs> thanks very much I really enjoyed that conversation obviously stay stay safe over there and um, we'll catch up again in the future
1: thanks